My name is Marianne Kennedy and I'm a lecturer in Drama and Theatre Studies in NUI Galway and this is a podcast from Redemption Falls at the 2019 Galway International Arts Festival. It is a production by Moonfish Theatre Company which is an adaptation of Redemption Falls by Joseph O'Connor. I spoke to the cast about this fantastic production. This is what they had to say. Uh, Cohort of Smorlif, thank you very much for tonight's performance. I'm kind of not well, but uh, we'll do our best. Um, so uh, thank you very much. And I suppose where to begin? We have uh, so much in this piece um, and very resonant to the events, I suppose, of the last few days where three men have been found uh, pulling up into the under a truck, coming into GIAF, um, coming into the, the, the pubble, um, and into the main tent, and the help that they've got in Galway um, over the last few days, very, very resonant, um, and to, the, to those that endure, I suppose. Um, but to thank you very much for the work that you've done and the adaption, and this being the second uh, Joseph O'Connor uh, piece that you have uh, put together. So I, I, I only I may, might start with you um, and ask you what, what inspired you to, to take uh, this second piece and go forth and um, put, it, put it out there. Out there yeah. <laughs> uh, well, a couple of different things, I suppose. Um, Joseph O'Connor suggested it to us. <laughs> We're like, oh, but, so <laughs> but I think what really attracted us to um, kind of, I suppose for us, it's really important that we tell a story that's relevant to ourselves, that we have some kind of connection with. And with Star of the Sea, obviously, that was a very clear connection to our own heritage. But then we realised that at the end of Star of the Sea, you have the character of Mary Duane, who has um, achieved the goal of travelling from. Uh, famine-ridden Ireland to the New World, and and that's where you leave her, and it's sort of a, um, a hopeful ending, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that you can't leave the story there. You know, a million people um, went to America during that time, and th those people are also our heritage. So the story continues, and unless we look at that, we're not looking at. The, the true depth of our own heritage. So for us it was interesting because we were looking at it um, in, in, in a way we wanted to follow Mary Duane's story where she went but we also wanted to really look at the, the kind of stark and uncomfortable realities of being an Irish person mm -hmm. uh, because with the famine you know we, we, we had the story where we were the oppressed, we were sort of you know there was a, there was a lot happening to the Irish but when we went to the New World you know, we became the slave owners, we became the people who fought on both sides of the Civil War. So that's something that we felt we kind of had to confront as well. And then as well as that, Star of the Sea, the book, has lots of musical references, mm -hmm. but it had the Irish language references as well, which is what attracted us to that story, because we felt we could bring the Irish language to it. With Redemption Falls, it, it is so packed full of mu musical references that when you read it you can hear the music in your head and we felt that it was so exciting to actually physicalize you know to really um, explore the music that he has in the book but also the music our own musical heritage and how that connects to the American musical heritage sure. um, so yeah we just felt that it was just another opportunity to sort of mine his incredible writing and also um, explore yeah things that were very that felt very important to us 
great and and Eliza and uh, and her brother Jeremiah being the son and daughter of Mary and that yeah. connection into the yeah. into the next generation exactly. almost um, and so I suppose you mentioned the music and you mentioned how how much that music meant to all of you and there was beautiful music here all the way through do any of you want to speak to the music and what what how you how you even mind the the kind of archive of the music as well as your own new compositions and how you worked both together well yeah it's Thanks really interesting it. because I would say when I only said that Joseph O'Connor suggested it to us I think that was the main reason because a lot of the feedback we got after the start of the scene was that they wanted more music and that was a long show as it was we felt like we couldn't very well put in entire songs so we were every character kind of had their own motif but they were short little snippets in general and I, I think that was one of the things that Joseph really enjoyed about it and I think knowing that like as I only said every chapter in Redemption Falls the book is a song title like the title of the chapter is a song yeah. title and yeah. they're slightly you know tweaked so that they're more refer more um, appropriate to the story but they're just it's just there and then within like even sometimes in between chapters there's a ballad about Con O'Keefe and or a ballad like there's several books in the uh, several pages in the book that are ballads about Johnny Thunders called McLaurinson and all the different and all the kind of lore that goes with the bandits and it was yes. that was the time that it was in yeah. so for us to approach that, we obviously went to the songs that are referenced, yeah. and then it was so easy to flesh that out and start thinking about other lyrics that seemed like they would just make for good songs. And it's funny that we wrote two ballads then that aren't in the in the actual book, in but the they book. just for us they kind of helped progress the story and um, yeah, just in you know give the audience a sense of what's going on because it's a very convoluted book and yeah. it's hard to follow and just for Connor said himself that that was kind of on purpose that it's he thinks people like war ballads you know talk about the the soldiers who come home and you know they, they sort of glorify everything whereas he said war is actually a very messy thing and he was happy that his book was just a kind of it's, it's not messy but it's it's dense and there's so much in it and it's, it doesn't all tie up neatly you know Absolutely, and I suppose when you when you all have such musical skills and talent and bring so much to the table in terms of singing, uh, songwriting, harmonies, the harmonies are amazing. Um, I know Morgan is is he's on, on the other side of this wall at the moment. But what's the how did you navigate that territory as an ensemble? I mean, the ensemble obviously being a huge part of everything that Moonfish does. Um, and how did you navigate that? Uh, in the room, um, we can talk about the adaptation in a little, in a few minutes. But in relation to the music in particular, we kind of well, some of it we jammed out in, in rehearsals. Yeah. Some of it we just kind of divvied up. I mean, Morgan yeah. and myself kind of said, "Look, I'll, I'll arrange that one. I'll arrange that one, and you do this one, and whatever, you know." Yeah. Um, and then they come back into rehearsals maybe a day or two later with a five-part harmony going. This is your part. <laughs> this is your part. This is your part. <laughs> like, so it's actually it's amazing. Like the the way like to also reference to the fact that the way it's devised yes like there's no director in the group yes so everybody is sort of all you know everyone everyone's voice is equal and when it comes to scenes or songs like pat said you know somebody might take a song and and do a bit of work on it and then bring, bring it back to the room and from then on it's sort of fair game like yeah. people it, it can get changed though the thing get thrown out the, out the door and not get used yes and um, there were songs that kind of got 
that were in a work in progress that they did about this time last year yeah. that was like kind of a really central part of that work in progress that looked for a while it wasn't even going to make it into this production mm, yes, because okay. we kind of moved on and it was like oh does that song really serve the story anymore does it give mm. us anything extra yeah. and only I think it was in the last week of rehearsals do we manage to find a way to kind of get an element of that song back into the story mm. or into one of the scenes yeah um, and once that leads to another sometimes as well I mean once we kind of decided somebody said well look uh, Cole McLawrence and he's kind of it's a bit kind of Clint Eastwood or Spaghetti Western. We, sh- we ought to have an electric guitar doing something. Absolutely. And once, uh, yeah, once yeah. we had an electric guitar, it's like, well, we'll use it more than once. We can yeah. use it for another scene. And, you know, so it, it kind of builds sometimes like that once you have a certain resource that you And I suppose that, that mixing of musical genres, we, we had to everything from trad to bluegrass to, to rock and roll and a bit of punk thrown in there at times. So how do, and, and the rhythm and then the solo unaccompanied singing being very powerful. Um, how, like, again, is that a, is that a, a, was there a decision around what kind of style of music you were going to go for, or? That, I think it's quite natural in the room. Yeah. And I, and I feel like the music really comes from the material in the book as well. So that gets discussed a lot, of course, like what, like the Clint Eastwood kind of thing of like, oh, this, this character has a sense of, like, um, cowboy whatever about them but it's very kind of um natural or something in the room that like we try everything out yeah and i don't know if there's a sense that we felt we had to get lots of different genres in but because the book is so complex and dense as grace said the the music kind of just came from that yes and actually one thing that really helped i think with that was that we decided from the outset, because we really wanted to challenge ourselves, we, we really yeah. wanted to do something that was very different from Star of the Sea, and we wanted to make sure that we did put the pressure on ourselves, I suppose, to put a lot of music in. Yeah. So rather than think about it as scenes, we thought about them as tracks. Okay. So inevitably, you end up with a track kind of per person, you know, so that everyone's story is told through music. Okay. Um, and then, so, that, so the music kind of depends on the character and also on the journey that they go on. So like for Eliza, you know, it's that kind of re- repetitive, long time traveling song that suits her journey. Um, and then for, like for uh, Jeddah, it's the, the military, you know, minstrel boy. So it's, every song is relevant to their, the character that it was kind of designed for. And then there was a lot of uh, talk about what order do we tell the story in? Okay, because like yes, the, bo- the yeah. book isn't chronological. Of course. So, yeah, yeah. like, I kind of joined the process after these guys had done a good amount of work, um, but like they've kind of done a great job in sort of pulling apart what they've said is a very dense and complex book, pulling it apart and then putting it back together in a slightly different way, so to best represent it in terms of a theatrical experience. Yes. Because it's not really a play, it's, it's kind of like, it's sort of a theatre geek, or I'm not quite sure how you would bill it, <laughs> yes. but, uh, and, and uh, like a lot of talk was like, okay, well, you know, what order do the scenes need to go in to tell the story most clearly, but also, like, if two scenes were back to back and the type of music was too similar, or the type of music was too kind of similar pace, yes. we might have gone, okay, well, can we separate something? Can we put something in between the two of them to make it kind of a little bit more interesting for the audience? And you mentioned the theatricality, I suppose, and uh, you know that brings us back to the adaptation. It was written as a novel. That was the chosen art form of the uh, of the original creator of the piece. So how? Um, I suppose, how do you, I know a little bit of how you approached the Star of the Sea process, but in terms of this process, was it similar, was it completely different? You speak about challenging, and I know, I suppose, 
from the past. It's a very democratic ensemble, which is uh, quite a feminist approach to uh, <laughs> theatre making and uh, lovely to see. Um, but what does that mean in real terms when you're in a rehearsal room, when you're when you're creating the work, uh, or, or you know, it, it, when everyone has an equal voice? It and you have a certain amount of time to make a piece of work. It means sometimes yeah. that you're doing a scene and once you've done the scene, you've got six different opinions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because anyone who's, anyone who's not in the scene sort of sits back and watches it and kind of goes, oh, would you try this, would you try that, would you try this? Which means that sometimes it's a slower process than it would be if there was one single director. Sure. But I think you end up getting, in most cases, like the best of of everything that everybody has to offer. Mm. Yeah. It's a really exciting way of working because... You, you end up with a piece of theatre that everyone has complete ownership over. Yes. Everyone has the same ownership over the scenes, not just their own scene, not just the scene that they get to, you know, yeah. have their lines in. You know, <laughs> it, it feels like a complete piece of, of art that we've created together, you know, and it's, it's a lovely experience to be in a room with people who are all invested. Yes. Nobody's kind of over there in their, on their phone, you know. <laughs> you know, yes. everyone is just completely invested and it's a really... Um, it's it's a very slow <laughs> process, yes. yes. But yeah. uh, but it's I feel it's worth it. And just yeah. so we have an idea, what what kind of length of time are you working on this? <laughs> um, how long is this going on? How many late night uh, discussions have gone on, <laughs> even to get it to the rehearsal room stage? And then how did you work it through? <laughs> um, Do you want to tell us? Or yeah, the first time we got together to yeah. get into a room to talk about, like obviously it had the, been you know discussed in terms of getting, trying to apply for funding and all that, but the first time we all came together was January 2017. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and then we work in like kind of three week blocks in general, although I think January and April were both shorter than that. And we had a week in the Abbey in April 2017. And it was funny, that was when we wrote Pat in because Pat was our sound engineer on Star of the Sea. <laughs> And when we did that week in the Abbey, he was suddenly ending, you know, singing all these harmonies and we were just getting him closer and closer <laughs> to the stage. And when we did that work in progress showing in the Abbey, Pat you know, had to sing a full song and we were just thinking, we're going to need a new sound engineer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, can I go back to your thing about the process and, and sure. comparing it to Star of the Sea? What was amazing for us was in Star of the Sea, Irish was the second language of that book and that was one of the main reasons. I remember Mairead giving us copies of that book saying, this is a book that we have to put on stage because these people would have spoken Irish. Yes. Irish would have been their language. And Joseph O'Connor said that himself, that it was a flaw in the book, except that it wouldn't have sold if he had wrote, you know, wrote all those lines in, uh, if he'd mm -hmm. written all those lines in Irish. And for this, music was our second language. And, we, and our challenge to ourselves, and obviously you kind of want to be challenging yourself all the time, our challenge to ourselves was, like Ionia said, to approach everything as, as a track. So, like, right down to now, like, we have a set list on stage, okay. and it's songs, and it's the 18 songs of the show, like, you know, and that's how we know each scene. It's the song is the framework, yes. and then we tried to put the, the story into that. And with Star of the Sea, it was, a, it was a very different process, but I think we learned so much from that. I remember we were saying during the last, like, four or five weeks in particular, it felt like it was coming together much quicker than Star of the Sea did because we had that sort of framework. We knew, and we, yeah. we knew, I think, more than anything to trust it because it's so scary when you're a week before opening and you're not sure about the ending and, yeah. you know, and, it, and, it, happens. and it happens all yeah. the time. And like we had, we had all the scene titles written out, all the song titles, and we would just move them around and try it again, run it yeah. again, yeah. move them around and, and to see what, 
you know what felt right um, and but that sort of just knowing that you can be up in the air until the day before you open and trusting yourselves to find the right way in the end that's that's something that Star of the Sea really taught us yeah though actually Pat taught us a lot as well because Pat told us that he wasn't up for that <laughs> I was scared I was quite honest so, so we made we made a promise that we would have a script which we were like have a script what like this um, so but it was a script that we could move around <laughs> yeah. okay. we tried to stop changing the actual lines within the scene okay. 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 <laughs> that was our compromise. And did, and did I suppose, the theatricality in terms of the, the conventional stagecraft elements, and there were an awful lot of them, and the, the kind of visibility that we had to the creation of uh, the various stagecraft elements, that is something that I suppose is synonymous with the way you work as well, that we see what's happening, the labour of the stage is very visible. Um, and how important, I suppose, is that in the, in the creation of the piece of work? I know Mairead is also on the other side of the yes. wall. In a way, yeah. yes. I mean, once the decision had been made with this one that it was going to be kind of like a concept album on stage, yeah. it's inevitable that you have a certain amount of um, musical business. You can't really hide the fact that you're m changing instruments and moving about and, you know, mm. moving microphones and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly that, you know, the, you, there are, the, you know, there's no... Um, legs here, there's no wings or anything. Yeah, yeah. There's nowhere to hide, we needed the space. And yeah, when you're doing a gig, you can't hide the fact that you're yes. singing into a microphone or you know, yeah. playing a different yeah. instrument, so. So we decided to approach it as if we were a band. Mm. Yeah. Which is why both Morgan and myself are wearing a little bit of eyeliner. <laughs> I did notice In case you were wondering. I think Morgan's is heavier. Yes, than Morgan's is heavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I suppose there was very powerful images uh, the whole way through. Uh, but there's images of violence told through the bowing of a fiddle, the images of the very opening image, which the bloodshed. Um, we've all the way through so many powerful in the lighting and the audience being implicated. Um, do, you, do you feel that uh, you are happy with where you are now? I mean, looking forward, you're going to be doing, you're going to be going on to Dublin and, and, and uh, during the Dublin Theatre Festival, where do you go from from here now as the ensemble? Because I presume we're getting a snapshot. It's it has a script. Um, <laughs> uh, how much more are you allowed to play with that, or what way are you working? <laughs> well, it's funny, isn't it? Because with Star of the Sea, once it went up, we kind of thought. Well, I certainly thought that's great. That's it. That's the show. <laughs> and then you know you come into on like come in for your call the next day and we're still tweaking things you know yeah. and it's very fluid yeah um, and I think well I suspect Redemption Falls is going to be the same yeah because music is like that and having worked with these fabulous musicians you know it, it's it's quite an organic thing but also there's always something to kind of tweak it seems you know yeah. like there's always something that you know might be slicker or we don't want it to look so slick so yeah it, I think it's going to be quite a an organic kind of growing thing and it's a very interesting thing to think of that sort of theater gig and Galway is actually there's a new genre emerging in Galway of this theater gig mm. um, and that we've seen several kind of theater gigs being done to great effect in Galway um, and it's a very exciting kind of 
it sort of plugs into the fluidity and the mm. and the, the style of the space that is creating and the and the energy flowing through the city and it's it's amazing to see that kind of emerging and coming through and people allowing it to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I suppose before, I want to uh, just open it out very quickly. I know we have a time limit in the theatre. We have, oh, there's Marie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we have a time limit, I suppose, in the theatre in terms of, uh, we need to get out. And, uh, but I would love to hear some questions from the audience. I know there's probably a lot and I'm sure conversations can continue. But if anyone has any burning questions or comments they'd like to make, love to, we'd love to hear them. <laughs> Can I just say, at the end, were you actually really confident? I was. I know, I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you turn to them to sort of like, help me out? <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a funny one. Um, it happened in rehearsals a couple of times and I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, but we just figured out, like, if that happens, you know, and were you really upset in the rape scene as well? You looked really. <laughs> oh my God, I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, that scene is hard, it's to, hard do. to do. Is, that was powerful. Yeah, really yeah. We, it, was, it was when we when we came back to this, the we had we had created that scene for uh, a work in progress That's last right. year, um, and when we came back into the rehearsal room and had to do it again, both Grace and I were like, "Whoa, this is." Having to do it. Yeah, having to do it is not pleasant at all. Um, but at the same time, I think what's, what's powerful for me about that scene, uh, you know, as a performer, is that um, you're, you're sort of, um, like, that song, is a, it's, it's based on a murder ballad. But it's a murder ballad where the r- words have been rewritten to kind of emphasize the violence. Because people sing murder ballads as though they're hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, you know, like, it's yeah. just another song that people sing. But when you really listen to it, yeah it's about brutality towards women. And we wanted to take that song and go, you have to listen to it and you have to really listen to it and listen to what it's saying. Um, so there's a sort of obligation on you as a performer to yeah. make sure that that gets across, you know? I suppose the perpetrators being female in this case on stage and, and the opening of the show speaking about uh, motherhood and the 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 end of where Lucia it becomes the mother that she didn't get to be I suppose um, and and takes on that role that kind of vein of motherhood or caring or or kind of unconditional love I suppose mm. um, or conditional mm-hmm. uh, how did that emerge as a theme or or why did you ch- ch- you pull that one out? I suppose particularly. Well, um, do you want to talk about Lucia? Um, yeah, it's funny. We we kind of resisted that storyline of Lucia because it seems yeah. a little bit. I don't know. A man writing about a woman and the only thing she wants is a baby. It just sure. seems a bit overdone or something. Yeah. Um, and yet it was. It was a very big thing for her and that that feeling of like going all the way from New York to Redemption Falls to try and make their marriage work with this promise that he had written to her that mm. you know that you know be- like he you know begged her to go out there and did just say look well this is it now our marriage is gonna take off from here and he was just a complete wreck by the time she got there yeah and and it's, his story is very tragic as well you know he's yeah. really yeah very damaged by war and, and what he has done 
But anyway, the, like like Sean was saying about motherless child finding its way back into the the show, that element of Lucia's life found its way in, and um, Maraid, a couple of weeks before we started back into the, our most recent rehearsal, sent us all the song, and it's you know it's a tune that's just again with the lyrics changed, and she had written those lyrics for Lucia and. I read it and just started crying, and then she had done a recording, and I was like, "Oh my God, that yeah. is so beautiful!" Yeah. And it made it really did make sense for Lucia's character because she's so she's a really strong character in the book, but that is the thing that that is really difficult for her. Sure. And the the piece at the start in a woman's body is a sandbox. That was something in in the Abbey in 2017. We had that piece picked out because that idea that everybody has their own song inside them just seemed like such a lovely way to set up the fact that we are. We want to do this through music. We want to use music to tell everybody's story. Yeah, brilliant. Do I see any hands? Are we okay? I think I'm getting nods, and unless somebody has a burning question, I might just take this opportunity to thank you all very much for an absolutely wonderful evening of theatre at Gurmeet Thank you. on the Dublin Theatre Festival website, tell anyone you know in Dublin and those who have not got to see this sellout production, um, make sure they get their tickets in time.